Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always is John. We got him, Opat. John, yep. how we doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Um, I'm doing a lot better. Oh, wow, that's right. Yeah, the listeners want to know, are we both healthy? Um, Sort of. I just, I've got a little bit of a cough still lingering but other than that i'm good one of these weeks yeah hopefully next week hopefully this is like even the last day of the cough yeah well how's your weekend been um it's pretty good yesterday was my uh productive day i cleaned out my gutters and raked my leaves and defrosted my deep freezer and swept and did dishes and laundry so today should be my fun day nice mine's the exact opposite oh no because i have to do two different assignments for my marion like schooling oh no i know and one of them is the final for the year so uh or for the semester so it's a big one. That's that's going to take uh, all day, probably, once we get off this. So we can make this a really long episode, and I'll just cut <laughs> that off. <laughs> You've got no problem yeah. delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am also going to have to like edit this the same day we record, which will be kind of cumbersome, but whatever. And uh, uh. got to go to my um, nephew's birthday party i don't know why their mom decided to you know hold a birthday party on a sunday in the fall as if there's not football on but the nerve i know what does she think she's doing (laughs) speaking speaking of football you mentioned this right before we started that there's kind of an interesting situation here because we are of course the number one sports comic book podcast you know Yep. And and we have the Colts game on that we're watching right now as we speak. Yeah, it's weird. We waited way too late to record this week, and the Colts no, are playing we, in Germany. We recorded on Sundays before. Okay, it's rare. Okay, and the Colts are playing in Germany right now, so they're on at like nine thirty in the morning. So this is the only time that I can remember that we've both kind of had the game up on mute while we're recording wow it's a uh i don't even know the word i'm looking for (laughs) it's like the sports solstice (laughs) it's the pod podcast Colts solstice yeah yeah and the colts and it's colts patriots which i was about to make a joke like who cares because nowadays the colts and the patriots are both like trash but holy moly back in the day this would have been like literally the 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 best game of the year I think we would have had to push the recording. Yeah, we probably would have. Yeah. Because what is if it's it, an indie, I would have been there. What does it say about society that we've gone in a little over 10 years from Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady to Mac Jones versus Gardner Minshew? Dude, I I don't know. That's Gardner Minshew versus Mac Jones. Yeah. That's a shame. That's Kids a today will never know. They really won't. They really won't. Dude, sometimes when I like hear the kids talk about like 
past sports people, you know, like Reggie Miller or things like that. Yeah. I'm they just like I'm like this how do you guys not know this? <laughs> like this and it's cuz they were all born in like 2010. Jeez, that makes me feel old. I know, it's the most wild thing. I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but I've actually been able to like figure out I think my earliest memory in life is actually watching the Pacers at Market Square Arena. Really? Because, yeah, because it would have been demolished when I was like three. But I can remember going to games there. My dad had season tickets, and I can remember my first game at the new field house and him explaining to me, yeah, they tore the other one down and built a new place. And I would have been four there. Wow. So you're telling me that your earliest memory is three years old or even earlier? It sounds ridiculous, but that's, it must, that, that sounds wild. It must be true, though, because I, I can like remember specific that I can remember the parking garage. I can remember being tired when the games would end. <laughs> I can remember um, who was it? Was it Antonio Davis, Davis that we had? Yeah, I, I I guess my dad thought Antonio would be too hard of a name for me to learn. So he told me to call him Tony the Tiger. And I dead ass thought Tony the Tiger was down there on the court, and he was my I guess, favorite. Because I guess of that. my only, I guess <laughs> one. I believe you. I do. I'm only my only point of skepticism is these could all be Conseco Fieldhouse memories. Also, how do no. you know it's Market Square Arena? I remember conceptualizing that it was a different place, <laughs> and he had okay, to explain that's that to fair. me. That's fair. Wow. Wow, when 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 was Conseco opened? Conseco, I think like two thousand. I want to say it was maybe two thousand as well. So uh, now it's Gainbridge Fieldhouse. <laughs> the webheads aren't going to get this kind of stuff elsewhere, Zach. That's for sure. Two thousand and broke ground in ninety seven. Opened in ninety nine, November of ninety nine. So, so basically two thousand. Are you that much younger than me? How old are you? Born in January 96. Okay, that's pretty young. So, I, yeah, I would have been like three or four. It, it sounds fake, but no, I swear no, I know I what I remember. It. I believe it. Listeners, write in. When is your first memory? <laughs> I don't know when mine is. I think four or five. Do you know what it is? <laughs> um... Dude, hmm, that's interesting. I, I, I bet it is probably something at my grandma's house, like watching, like watching some of those old TV shows, like Little Bear. Was there a show? TV? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Or, that. or it's maybe like being over there and playing like a Sega that she used to have. But but I don't know. I might have been like six or seven at that point. So that would right. be my earliest memory. I don't know. Hmm. Well, yeah, this is your homework. Think on it and report back. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> do we have anything else? Do we do we want to get into the um, comics? No, I don't think so. Let's get into it. Okay. Here's a word from the Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. 
It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. And we're back. We're back. Um, these were some pretty long issues. Did you think that, Zach? Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if I took a lot of notes. It was strange. It's like, wow, that's the title of the issue. Oh my god, didn't even mean to do it. <laughs> um, so we're seventy issues in, and it's like all of a sudden Bendis decided that he needed to do a lot more writing per issue. It's very, very strange. You know, it seemed like he had kind of settled into his groove of how much writing is actually in these. And then for this, he yeah. was like, I got to cram a novel, dude. I got to put so many words in here. Yeah, this first one definitely could have been a two-part issue. I agree. Um, But I'm not, you know, we'll get into it. It's not a bad thing. If you have a lot to say, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If, if it's, if it's all, you know, good stuff and I'm captivated, then, uh, then it's not a bad thing. Like clearly longer book. We like reading comics. It's just, (laughs) I'm saying it's odd that it, it's like he changed his writing style for these two issues. Yeah. So this one is called strange. And from last week, you might remember that the Ultimates are on the cover. Um, and it's called Strange, as in like So so we're assuming it's like Stephen Strange. And it's the normal creative team. Bendis, Bagley, Hannah, Eliopoulos, and Smith. And it opens really nicely. Peter and MJ are all dressed up for their big fancy date. And... It looks okay. At first, I thought MJ is just like rich because I thought they were like meeting at her house. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I was like, and then, but, but it looks like a pretty nice restaurant. It says Tavern on the Green. Do you know what that is? Oh, are they at like a country club? It's oh, a Tavern on the Green. Yeah, I do see it up there now. Yeah, it's a famous restaurant in Central Park. Oh, really? Yeah. Not a, not a golf country club. No, That's, this is like a, a real place. It's very famous. That would be a phenomenal name for like a small restaurant at a golf course. That's not trying to be like the nicest thing ever. Like if I ran a golf course, that's what I would call like the snack shop or something like <laughs> that. That's where you get like your Kit Kat bars. Yes, exactly. That's funny. Um. Okay, so, so they... They are all dressed up. They're looking nice. And they're just having a really good time walking into the restaurant. And MJ is like, nothing wrong with us getting dressed up and blowing all of our allowance on one fancy night. And then they both open up the menus and they get these wide eyes. And MJ is like, well, I guess I'll be having the soup. And Peter says that they should order lots of bread. And then they kind of start chit-chatting. And MJ... Is like, so tell me what happened to you. You said something about a magician. And Peter's like, um, I didn't even remember tell uh yeah, okay. And 
I'm hooked already, Zach. I'm like, what is going on? Something seems weird. Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, obviously they want us to know something's weird, but they do a good job. Like, Peter's kind of drawn in shadows, and then he, you can just tell something's up. I'm hooked. Yeah. I, I think it's a mark of a good comic book artist when it's just like a talking head scene. People are just like talking over dinner. If you can make every panel look different and interesting and make us enjoy reading it, I think that's like really special because the talking yeah. head scenes are the ones where you have to do so many of them, you know, just to have a, a plot to the story. But they could get so repetitive if you're bad at doing them. And I think Bagley is among the best at scenes like yeah. this because they've just got yeah. so much emotion in every scene. But it but it looks like natural and normal and it it varies. Yeah. Gosh, it is. It is kind of crazy how many different people go into making a comic book and like they're all so important in their own way you know it's really not like writing a book where you know there's like a writer and they write the book like if the writing and especially the art is are not both good then like you it's not a good story yeah we say this is bendis's iconic run only because he's the constant he's the one who stays from the beginning to the end it's a group effort for sure yeah um, so Peter launches into this tale, telling MJ about how it all started, and it's all kind of told through his like memories. So we're we're, we're kind of going back and like seeing stuff as as he talks about it, and it starts with Peter sitting in class, and he notices Gwen's desk, and all of a sudden he starts feeling you know like sad and responsible for her death, and he has to get up and leave. So he says, then he put on his costume and he just went swinging around and he stopped a pickpocket, but he probably spent more on webbing than he actually got back in the wallet. And then the guy didn't even say thank you. And he, you know, it seems like he's just having a hard go of it lately. Like no, nobody's, nobody's being nice to him. Everyone's being rude and he doesn't really like being Spider-Man right now. So he's like, well, I'll just go to the bugle for a couple hours. At least I'll get some work done. And he's about to get there. And then bam, he webs right into the middle of a big ultimates fight. And, um, did based on the hook of this issue about there being a magician and it being called strange and knowing something's up, I still like didn't know if I should read this as like, is this all like a fever dream he's having or did this stuff actually happen? That's what I'm not sure of. I think at this point, this is still like his actual memory of reality. Yeah. Yeah. I I think this, this stuff all actually happened, but I think there's like a little bit of doubt. There's like a kernel of doubt. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. Well, I'm going to I believe that it actually happened. I so, think it probably did. Yeah. Cuz we kind of see later when the whole fever dream weirdness probably started. Actually starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and maybe Wasp are fighting like a half-robot guy. And Peter's sitting up watching, and he's like, gosh. He's also, he's also like, telling all of this to Mary Jane. Like, the the writing is basically, he is telling her the story of his day. So, I've kind of left a lot out, you know. And Zach, if if I if I leave something out that he says, you know, feel free to to add it back in. I think it's interesting. He does say, and maybe Wasp was there, but she's so tiny. So, but yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's right there in the art. We can see her. Oh, is she? <laughs> yeah. So she is there. He just he doesn't know. Oh, uh, that's why I said maybe Wasp. Yeah. Um, and there and there there are. There are some parts of this whole story that I think are like kind of goofy. Like I like when I think about oh this this issue's really long. Where could it maybe have been trimmed down? It's like in this story where sometimes we like I think it's like on the first page. He like really I'll just I'm going to read the first part of it. It's it's hard to know exactly where the story started, but I know where I feel it started, in class, where I sat thinking about everything in the world but what our teacher was actually talking about. I don't even remember what the topic of the class was. I saw you writing your notes, your obsessive-compulsive notes, and I remember a wave of relief that at least I'll, I'll have your notes to look at for test time. I know what you're thinking. I can't believe this guy, an A student, how does he get all A's if he can't even pay attention in class? Well, see, I used to be able to pay attention in class. I love, you see, it's just like, why Why are we reading all of this? Like this, I don't know. It's just too much for me. Did, did you, do you think that? Yeah, it's like, this is part of what I'm saying. Bendis switched up his style for this issue. I mean, this is literally prose writing. This isn't like comic writing. This is like how you would structure a short story or a novel or something. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't how I would expect Peter and Mary Jane to talk to each other either. Right. You know? It's a dialogue more than a conversation. Yeah. Or, or monologue, I guess. Um. So, Peter, <laughs> Peter's sitting up there watching, watching the Ultimates fight, and he's like, gosh, I, you know I usually don't like to get involved when I don't know what's going on. Which, which is that like Bendis having fun? Or is he is or is Peter actually trying to be better about not getting involved when he doesn't know what's going on? I think it's both because he has a long history <laughs> of jumping in and punching and asking him. questions later. Yeah, but he's like, I, I, you know, Captain America was there, so I felt confident picking the side with Captain America. So he swings in and he kicks the robot guy in the back of the head, and he makes pretty easy work of him, and. Peter walks up and Iron Man's like, good to see you, kid. And then Spider-Man asks, what's the deal with this guy? And and all the, the Ultimates kind of treat him like he's kind of like, I don't know, a little kid not important. Cap's like, it's national security. And then Hawkeye just starts being a jerk to him. He He tells Peter it wasn't very brave of him to knock the guy out from behind. And... They couldn't knock him out. This is so stupid. That's the stupidest comment ever. Yeah. Especially coming from Hawkeye, who shoots arrows from a million miles away at people. What is he supposed to do? Have a fair fight with, like, I, a cyborg terrorist guy? I mean, 
that's so stupid to be like, you should never take someone from surprise. It's not fair. <laughs> um, so they're, they're, you know, and Hawkeye's just like, I hate kids. Go back to prom or something like this. I don't even know. And um, so Peter is like, he's telling MJ. So if I was ticked off before about everyone being a jerk, I'm even more ticked off now. But you know what? I think he. I feel like this should still be like the best day of his life. Like <laughs> swinging into the middle of the Ultimates fight, knocking the guy out, and then Tony Stark saying, Good to see you, kid. I feel like that like overweigh any negative that possibly could happen. I mean, I, I can also see him being like peeved that he basically saved yeah. their asses and Hawkeye is this is how he thanks him. <laughs> yeah. He should be making fun of Hawkeye. Spider-Man's quick-witted. He's Hawkeye has so many things to make fun of him about. Exactly. Throw it right back. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so Peter goes into the bugle, and he is just sitting in his cubicle, like, stewing about how everyone is, is such a jerk, and adults are just so angry all the time, and and his job is working at this stupid newspaper full of angry adults just uploading angry headlines into the servers to make other people angry and uh man i felt that in my bones sitting in that cubicle <laughs> yeah i was reading his little monologue about how cynical everyone is and how like angry the world is and i'm like yeah he's he's cooking yeah. He's talking he's specifically talking about adults. He's like wondering like okay, at what point does everyone start to suck like this? Yeah. And especially just sitting in a little office cubicle stare like stewing at work. That's what I really felt. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I related to that so hard this week. Okay, so just then so Peter's stewing and J Jonah Jameson calls him into his office and um He's like, Peter, you're going out with your on a lunch meeting, and it's to meet Doctor Strange. And Yurik says he doesn't want to go. This is just like a puff piece. And he and JJJ fight about it for a bit. And J. Jonah Jameson's like, you're going, and you're taking Parker with you. And this is the young Doctor Strange that they're going to, whose dad was the Doctor Strange that disappeared. So, Zach, can you give us a refresher on this? Because we've seen this before in an issue, but I don't fully remember what happened. Well, you just did a really good job of explaining it. So, basically, the Doctor Strange that you would expect, the he has, like, the same origin as in the movie, um, you know, mis Master of the Mystic Arts, former surgeon, all that. He was, like, the original guy 20 years ago, and something happened he like is in another dimension or something they don't really know like some kind of spell went wrong and he's just they say, gone they say he just, yeah he just randomly disappeared one day yes and he had a son who doesn't know his dad never never got to know him but at some point figured out who his dad was and was like okay i'm gonna follow in his footsteps and so now that's the doctor strange we have around he's like a 20 year old dude who looks, he has got the same face, facial hair and everything, but he's like a novice. He's not a very good sorcerer yet. Okay. 
good good explanation so so what happened in the last issue do you remember the last time we saw him you mean yeah the like what was up? his and peter's team up what'd they do i don't know some magic shit. <laughs> i think it okay That's the only well thing worth remembering from that issue was like that premise that this is the younger doctor strange okay and something happens at the end of it where where they wipe peter's memory so he doesn't remember their their meeting. Apparently, I didn't remember okay, it either. Me, neither did I. <laughs> Maybe they wiped our memories wow, too. There you go. Yeah, he's so bad at his magic; it extends to the reader. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, so then we see through this through this like documentary that exactly what Zach just told us: the original Doctor Strange was pretty much like the origin of the movie. And then he randomly disappeared. And new Doc Strange. Now he Zach said he's like a young sorcerer, but he's almost also like he's like a hack magician, and he kind of like cures rich people's chakras for money. Is kind of how they explain it. And which he goes is awesome. on and he goes on talk shows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so he's like Doctor Oz, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> is that dr oz's deal i, I don't I, I don't know i mean I, that's like similar right like <laughs> he's like a hack doctor yeah but no i can dig it you got to take advantage of rich people when you can zach <laughs> i think we can both agree on that <laughs> so yep. yurik and peter go to strange house strangest house which is just like the uh what's it called the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, the Sanctum Sanctorum. And they answer the door, or somebody answers the door, which maybe if I was paying closer attention, I would have known it was Wong, but I did not know it was Wong. And um, and he's like, this is a bad time. The doctor is unavailable. And he slams the door. And as he slams the door, Peter's spider sense goes off. So Yurik... And Peter turned to go home, and Yurik's like, <laughs> I thought this was so funny. Yurik and Peter are about to get in a cab to leave together, and and Yurik's like, where do you have to go? And Peter's like, Queens, and he's like, you are that is the opposite direction. <laughs> that is like so irresponsible to leave a child out. <laughs> to just get in the cab, but um... in his defense, he says, you cool, but <laughs> he does say that after he says you're on your own so it's like he's already made up his mind even if peter says no i'm not cool he's like okay well i'm not your babysitter yeah and um and it works out because peter wanted to stay anyways because obviously his spider sense went off so Yuri gets in the cab and peter throws on his suit and he goes to check out the sanctum sanctorum and um and he sees Strange and this other person, or what appears to be Strange and this other person fighting. And um, then we cut back to Peter and MJ's dinner. And MJ is like, wow, that your life is just so amazing. Do you ever like think to yourself that like everyone else is having a normal life and like you just have like this amazing life i mean what you're only 15 or 16 years old right and it's just you know we just know something's up with mj and peter's like huh shouldn't wait is is this when he says it um 
I don't know. I kind of mixed up my MJ and Peter conversations. But but anyway, it's just weird. You know, Peter can kind of tell something's up with her. He's like, why'd you say that? You know, I'm 15. And she's yeah. like, oh, yes, of course. I'm just speaking. Uh, I'm, I'm just speaking rhetorically. Yeah. Like, which oh, you're some, which is sometimes what people do, you know. It's you're a little what, like weird. 30, 30 or 35 years old. And, you know, it, I don't know. You, I guess you wouldn't say that if you actually knew how much some, how old someone was. Yeah, it's, right. I mean, it's definitely weird. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't do that to your partner. You'd be like, hey, you're exactly this age. Yeah. Yeah, something's up with MJ. Hmm. And, you know, Peter's now investigating, like, some magic thing. This is, I mean, it's probably all related. So Peter breaks up the fight as the bad guy grabs this like glowing stone and then everything kind of goes black and I I put it goes black and it goes weird. I cannot tell what that is supposed to be an image of on page 20. Yeah, you just get like a partial view of maybe a creepy face or a dagger or something. Is it a creep? I, I don't. Yeah. It looks it's like kind of a, a carrot with hair. It's kind of a Rorschach test, to be honest. It's, it's just sort of a blob that you can interpret as something, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. And everything goes black. And, um, then we cut back to the dinner and MJ asks how the fight ended. And Peter's like, um, I guess I beat up the bad guy and saved the day. I mean, I must have. That's what I always do. And at this point, he, like, knows something is obviously wrong. And MJ becomes kind of all demonic looking. And she yells at someone to grab him. And he gets grabbed by, by people behind him. And on the next page, he's being held by Uncle Ben and Gwen. And all of his villains are around him. And MJ tells him that he's having a nightmare and it's never going to end. My Do you want to... Yep, my go on. favorite thing about this image of like I all... Was, of I, was, I was literally about to ask, do you have any particular... <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of villains nearby. Um, it It kind of looks like maybe Kingpin has like is turning into venom like uh, all of this stuff is getting mixed up and tangled it's just a hodgepodge of his worst fears it's without yeah. context so like kingpin is turning into venom and there's all these bad guys and there's like a big scary spider like a literal man-sized spider thing but the best parts are up in the top corner uh the Green Goblin is marrying Aunt May, <laughs> and Doc Ock is making out with Black Cat for yeah, absolutely no like, reason. Those, those are the two I was going to mention. Also, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. And also, there's like some random like Kong and Flash heads up in the corner, just like laughing. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's very good. Like AI could not do this if you were like, <laughs> "Hey, ma- show me Peter Parker's nightmare." They would never think to have Doc Ock and Black Cat make out. And... Aunt, Aunt May and Norman Osborn. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's Norman as like the fiery green goblin and Aunt May in like a nice wedding dress. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, do you have a grading scale? 
I I have out of glowing crystals, but I don't know. <laughs> Could also do out of, you know, Aunt May's marriages. Uh, out of five Michelin stars, I'm pretty sure Tavern Tavern on the Green has Michelin stars. Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to do that, I I had out of glowing crystals. Okay, ten glowing crystals. It is or glowing stones, maybe or whatever I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, whatever Wong has in his hand. Yeah. Um. You go first. Ah, uh, man, I don't know how to. I guess a seven and a half out of ten glowing crystals for this one. I definitely think the like the slow build to this the ending like last few pages is very good it's very fun yeah. you can tell something is you know afoot um like you said there were some parts where it just kind of took a while to get there yeah okay i'm gonna give this one i'm really debating here but i'm gonna give this one a nine and a half out of ten glowing stones Wow. I know. I had I I really liked it. I thought it was pretty captivating from beginning to end. It did take a long time to get through. And obviously when we're taking notes on it, you know, it takes even longer to get through. But I was like, you know, if I wasn't taking notes on this, I would still burn through this so quickly because apart from like that one part of the memory that I like read, I don't think any of the other parts drag. It just drags getting into it kind of. So that's why it lost half a point was for like that one like page. But I just really, I thought it was a really good one. It's got to stick the landing in the next one though. Yeah. I think it's funny that, uh, Last week you were so excited because it's got the ultimates on the cover. You're like, yes, are we okay, going to get well, the ultimates? And we did get the ultimates. The ultimates came in and Doctor Strange came in. For a second, I thought like none of them were going to come in. And it was going to. But this wasn't a dream about the ultimates. It was a real thing. I thought you were going to be disappointed because it's kind of. They kind of do a bait and switch by putting them on the cover and then them being such an inconsequential bit of the story i guess from from the opening like two pages you just know that this is gonna be some like weird nightmarish like doctor strange story you know so normally it would like stink if we knew that we were gonna get there eventually and then Peter keeps getting sidetracked by this stuff. But at least now he's getting like sidetracked by the ultimate. So they are kind of just like in the middle there, you know, and maybe like a bait and switch. But I'm so interested about getting to Doctor Strange and finding out what's happening with this like dinner with MJ that I don't know. It doesn't. It's like it's more like they were a good addition to the issue. You know, I don't need the whole thing to be about them. I want to find out what's going on with Doctor Strange. I'm glad to hear that. I still think it's a weird choice that they put them on the cover. (laughs) But I guess you got to sell comics somehow. Yeah, that's true. But it's got to stick the landing. Yep. All right. Do we have anything else or are we ready to continue on? Um, No, I'm ready to continue on. All right. So this is issue uh, 71, Strange Part 2. 
um, regular starting five. And uh, so the young now and now on the cover, it's kind of weird. Now on the cover, Peter's like getting beaten up by other superheroes, like Wolverine's there attacking him and Elektra. And is that the Hulk? I think that's Green Goblin. And oh yeah, the Hulk is there too. And uh, Carnage, Venom. There's some. There's some villains also. The Lizard, Electro. Even the heroes are kind of like anti-heroes. You know, yeah, they are. Yeah, I just noticed that. Um, it's not like Captain America's fighting him or whatever, but um, yeah, he's going through it. He's he's overwhelmed. And uh, in the story, um, the young Doctor Strange wakes up to rain. And he looks up to see the window of his Sanctum Sanctorum broken. And then he looks down to see Spider-Man unconscious on the ground. And he turns around to find Wong unconscious and with webbing around his mouth. And he wakes Wong up and he asks him, by the hoary host of what you call it, what happened? What's going on? And, uh... Strange uses a spell to remove the webbing from Wong's mouth, but apparently it's too strong, and he also deletes Wong's shirt and reveals that he has pierced nipples. I didn't uh, even notice that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very intentional choice that they made. Um, and they start talking about Spider-Man, and Wong tells Strange he crashed through the window and attacked him, but Wong doesn't know why. And then Wong removes Peter's mask because he says his breathing is shallow. And I thought this was funny. Strange reminds him of the last time that Peter was there and that he probably won't like having his mask removed again. But Wong... Did that happen last time, you think? It it did. Remember that he was like, oh no, now you know I'm Peter Parker. And they were like, no, we didn't. We just saw your face. (laughs) That's right. Was that that kind of a, like interesting art style was that issue yeah it wasn't it it was it was different it, yeah it wasn't like as different as mafood or sinkevich but um no it, it was it was still like good <laughs> no i know it wasn't like mafood it was still good yeah you know? <laughs> i do i do remember thinking it was a little wonky though um and Wong basically says he doesn't care because he's trying to save Peter's life. So he's going to take his mask off. And he asks uh, Stephen what the last thing he remembers is. And Strange says that they were meditating. And Wong reminds him that if he doesn't create an astral defense spell before he meditates, he's vulnerable to being possessed. As we all know, John. Yeah. That's kind of a rookie mistake that he would make here. Yeah. I'm not even a sorcerer. And of course, every time I meditate, I have to put up my astral defenses. <laughs> yeah. Um, And he says that's what happened. And Strange was being held against his will in a dream state. And when Peter came in, he saw Wong trying to wake Strange and probably attacked Wong thinking he was helping Strange. And Strange says he was having a horrible nightmare that his mother was trying to kill him. And Wong says the dream seems to have released its hold on him and is now latched on to Peter. Probably the only part of this, like, uh, 
run that I don't really like the plot of it is that the whole thing kicks off with Strange, like just forgetting to do something that seems like it should be like an automatic thing. Right. You know, it's like locking the door when you leave the house. Yeah. Almost. So, you know, convenience, but that's okay. They needed something to like kickstart everything and it also characterizes that he's still a novice yeah yeah that's true um but i agree it probably this seems like something that was taught to him on day one of wizard school yeah when you do an astral projection you have to do this remember kids we're gonna say it all throughout the rest of the pod put up your defenses before you astral project yeah um so, meanwhile, in Peter's nightmare, he's being attacked by all of his enemies, and he falls off a building and lands in the picnic in the park from the videotape he gave to Eddie Brock. John, do you remember that videotape? It, yes, I do remember that videotape. You know, I know I kind of mentioned it on the on the cover that like Wolverine and the Hulk are here, but it is kind of interesting that. That means that's how Peter see- Peter sees those characters like as villains, you know. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. At least at least that's good in the world. They're seen as villains. They're they're not supposed to be the heroes. Yeah, he knows better than to like look up to these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very good, actually. Um, and so uh, he's in the. He's in the picnic scene that we've seen now many times, and it starts out like normal, uh, but one by one, everyone decays until it's just Peter surrounded by dead bodies, and the only other person left alive is Eddie Brock. And Eddie starts taunting Peter, and he runs away. Okay, here's, here's, here's something for you. So when Peter falls into this memory, he's in blue shorts with a red shirt. And the red shirt happens to even have, like, the Spider-Man logo on it. I'm sure that's not... I, we didn't get him, because it's not, like, a exact recreation. But I wonder what he was wearing in that memory. I bet he probably was wearing, like, blue and red or something. But surely not a Spider-Man shirt. Yeah, that's a good catch. Is it? I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> little detail. They clearly put that in there on purpose. And I'm realizing in the other pages that shirt that kind of abstractly looks like his uniform or outfit or whatever, it kind of morphs into it. Yeah. Like as he gets, it's probably, that's probably what it really is. He's just like a kid. So they're putting him in like a t-shirt and shorts version, you know? Yeah. And then he gets a little older and he, I don't know. I think it's interesting. There's like a, there's like a middle form where it's like, yeah, still a t-shirt and shorts but it's the blue on his sides is kind of seeping in it's very cool you can tell that like his clothes are morphing and this isn't just one mistake after another so yeah eddie taunts peter peter runs away peter comes across gwen dead face down in some water and harry osborne walks up behind peter and says gwen can't hear you she's dead if you wanted to talk to her, all you had to do is ask. And Peter asks Harry what he means and how, how can he talk to Gwen? And Harry kicks him into the water, too. And it's like he's struggling and maybe drowning. Um, And back in the real world, Wong and Strange 
are reading ancient texts and trying to figure out what's happening. But but also when he's like struggling and uh and drowning kind of in the water, we see this like big scary face of is that nightmare? Isn't that like a villain? It name? is nightmare. Good job, John. Yeah. Thanks. And so we see his face in a big panel and he says almost. He says it twice. I wonder what he's like it, it, building towards saying. Like he's this kid's almost dead. He's almost mine. No, I think it's I think it's because we are about to find out that like once he gets strong enough, he can like come into the real world. Oh yeah, so I would imagine he's like saying that. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. That that actually makes way more sense. I should have saw it. Good job. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Um, so they figure out that Peter is being haunted by Nightmare. They never say his name in the issue, but that is who it is. Yeah, and they, they mention a couple times, like, people having nightmares, or, like, they were taken over by a nightmare, or something like that. Yeah, it's not subtle. If you even know that this character exists, you know this is who they're dealing with. Um... And uh, they figure out it's an entity that feeds off of people's fears in the dream dimension. And we see the art style change as Peter wakes up in a sweat. And this it's still, like, done by Bagley, but I think it's just digital inks and digital colors. So it, it looks like something is off. And um, so Peter wakes up, he's freaking out he's like oh my god i just had a nightmare and we see electra standing over his bed with her knives and she says what's the matter sweetie nightmare did you ever hear that if you die in your dreams you die in real life and she steps out of the shadows and has mary jane's face and throws the knife at him saying it's true and suddenly Liz and Gwen are holding Peter's arms back as the knife goes through him. And MJ sits in his lap, but they're, they're also, <laughs> I just thought this was funny. I'm sure you noticed it also, but Liz and who is it? Liz and who Gwen? Yes. Liz and Gwen are like holding him back, but they're also in like very like skimpy underwear. <laughs> So, so even in this like nightmare or something, that I don't know. That is I just funny. Think that's kind of funny. Yes. That 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 seems like they wouldn't be dressed like that in a nightmare, right? Well, I almost feel like, I mean, it's it's clearly not supposed to be sexy, like not even to Peter. I think it's just the absurdity of it kind of highlights that it's a dream. Yeah. It's pretty absurd. Yes. Um, so Peter sits in his lap. They're still holding him back. But now she's wearing the black cat costume, which I thought was fun because obviously they didn't know this at the time. But, yeah, this that's kind of like what she does in the Mary Jane black cat beyond. Yeah, we just like that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is just this is kind of like the episode that or the issue that we were at. Yeah. What a happy coincidence. Um, and she says, I'm going to have to kill you, Peter. Because if I don't, you'll kill me. You know you're going to kill me. Of course you will. I will die just because I know you. In fact, let's start a pool. Who says I die before Aunt May? 
And suddenly they're in the offices of the Daily Bugle and Ben, Robbie, and Jonah are debating on which one will die first because of Peter, Mary Jane, or May. And it's really fun. It's fun. Yes, it is. I was like, this is perfect. This is like exactly what would be happening with J. Jonah Jameson in the office. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun, it's it's fun storytelling, but I mean, I almost got a little anxious watching it. It's, it's always interesting. It's like, this is how my actual dreams take place. You know, like a setting will just randomly change or a person will just randomly change. And you can't really explain that or like show that very well in most, you know, fiction. This actually feels like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't remember my dreams very much. Really? Do you? Yeah. You can, you can train yourself to remember your dreams and then control them. (laughs) I'm serious. I did that. (laughs) You can like teach yourself to lucid dream. The internet will show you how. Oh, well, if the internet can show me how to do it. Well, but I'm telling you, it actually works because I've done it. Huh. Interesting. If you So what? So now you can control your dreams? Are you just like going to theme parks every night? Uh, so, okay, okay, I used to do it and I kind of got out of practice of it. But sometimes I'll still realize that something's a dream and I'm like, okay, I'm not actually in danger. I'm not actually scared. And it'll like chill out a little bit, but it's less of, it's not like me consciously controlling every aspect of it huh wow so how can i train myself to remember my dreams more um that doesn't it's i'm asleep yeah no so so you it's what you do consciously and then you just get yourself in the habit like you ask yourself it sounds dumb but you ask yourself like is this real life right now? <laughs> if this were a dream, what would be the tells? Like, is anything around me kind of dreamlike? And you, the answer is always going to be like, no, I'm awake. I, I know I'm awake. Everything is pretty consistent. This is what the waking world feels like. But then when you're in a dream, you... What if this is a dream? What if this is one of the nightmares? <laughs> How many levels are we in? What, this is Inception. <laughs> One wow. one minute here equals like five hours in the real world. No, wow. no, but you, so you keep doing that, and you you kind of try to notice like what are the aspects of a dream, so you can recognize it. And then if you do realize you're in a dream, you just kind of stay calm, and you're like, okay, cool, I am in a dream. Next step, what do I do now that I have that information? I can kind of control where I want this to go a little Ooh. bit. And then once you wake up, like as soon as you wake up, Uh, sounds sexy. You keep a dream journal. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's interesting. And I'm pretty sure there's like other stuff like diet, like you can eat certain things. You know how like they say like, do you, do you have like gives you weird dreams? Do you have like a dream or a nightmare that is like recurring? Like, do you ever have like kind of the same dream? Like, not every night, but just like consistently. It comes back. I, I have before. I think that happened more when I was like a kid. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I have a certain type of dream that comes back, which is like waiting for something that never happens. Like I'm in a line that I can't get to the front of. Oh my God. Or I'm at Dude. the greatest concert I've ever dreamed of. You just, but you the, just band, me of the band never comes on stage. Those dreams oh. suck. Okay. 
I this is I just remembered as you were saying that that I had this dream maybe like two or three nights ago and it was like it was like causing me so much like anxiety like in my dream, you know? What was because it? I don't I don't fully remember, but it was something like not important, like I was just like out playing golf or something, but just because of what was happening, it was the same thing. It was like it was like always my it was like my shot and I like needed to shoot. But like something kept happening where I was like never able to actually do it. So I was like holding up everyone and like, you know, I don't I don't fully remember, but it was like kind of like that where it was just like, you know, something small, but I I just couldn't like do it. And it was it was really stressing me out. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, phew, it's just a dream. <laughs> yeah, those got to mean something. I feel like there's some significance to like the waiting dreams. Well, I used to have dreams sometimes that my teeth would fall out, and that's like a very stereotypical dream that's like fear of like getting older or something like that, I think, or like, I don't know. I, that that like means something that like a lot of people get that dream, I guess. Have yeah. you ever had that? I've heard of that dream, but I've never had it myself. It sounds awful. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's why this villain is. Uh, I don't know. I hope we. I hope we see a lot of him because it's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> it definitely feels like the most out of Spider-Man's wheelhouse that we've gotten this whole series. Like he does street level stuff. He can punch people. He doesn't deal with things like this that are kind of supernatural. Yeah. Even, you know, in this issue, he's kind of a passive participant. He's just a kid having a dream. The fact that he's Spider-Man is just a coincidence. Yeah. It, it doesn't help him. Um so yeah, so they're at at the Daily Bugle office, they're arguing about who's going to die first, and then a robot crashes through the window. And grabs Peter by his neck, and someone from off page says, "Let him go." And we flip the page, and the art style is back to normal. And well, and that's and that's that's like especially fun. This is why I like that, like robot Deathpool or something, because Jameson's like, "I'll I'll do fifty on Aunt May," and then Robbie's like, "No, it's the other person." And then I think Ben Yurick is like, "You guys are both wrong." he's going to die before either of them. A giant robot's going to grab him and throw him into outer space or something like that. So then this like robot immediately crashes in. And I think Jameson's like, well, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that it is pretty funny. Um, so Dr. Strange has entered the chat and he says, wake the boy up and let him go. He's talking directly to nightmare. And the robot turns into Aunt May and says, how did you enter here without pass? And Strange attacks her with a spell, and then May changes into the Green Goblin and says, I am done with you, Sorcerer. This place is mine. This boy is mine. And Strange just keeps applying spells, and Nightmare turns into Mary Jane. And still holding Peter by the neck, says, Young Mystic, it is you who opened your dimension to me. And now you stand in my way? Give me this vessel so I can birth myself into the corporeal plane. And our quarrel will be forgiven. Um, 
And Strange, he just keeps not saying anything. He just keeps doing his little magic with his fingers. And he hits Nightmare with a big spell. And suddenly, uh, Doctor Strange Sr. appears and says, My boy. And the elder Doctor Strange immediately attacks the young Doctor Strange, saying, This is my domain, the arrogance of you. This is your doing, sorcerer. And the the young, real Doctor Strange parries the attack and says, You shouldn't have used the image of my father like that. All you did was make me angry. And he apparently defeats Nightmare with a big spell, and he and Peter wake up, and Strange says... He- that, that, I thought that was a really uh, good fight between Doctor Strange and Nightmare. I was, like, pretty worried. I thought he was going to lose. It's- Nightmare seems pretty, um, like, intimidating. What, what, I, I typed out a word or something, but, like, intimidating and, like, scary and competent, you know? Yeah. And it's beautifully drawn. I, if it feels like I'm kind of rushing through it, it's because it's just, like, just random mystic stuff that doesn't really exist and that we can't really understand. So it looks cool, but I, you know, I don't know exactly how he beat him. He just kind of did. He just yeah. used his magic. That was, that was the only like bad part about it was, yeah, Dr. Strange just like does something and then they've like won and you don't see nightmare at all. And you don't really see what happened. It's just like, so that, that was the, that was the bad part about that fight. The whole fight was good. And then the final page, it's like, wait, what happened? John, I hate to tell you this because I know it's like your favorite thing in the world. And we're about to do a bonus episode on it, but that is always been my greatest stumbling block at getting into doctor who is. It feels like every episode, there's a bad guy that I don't understand and then he runs around the TARDIS pulling levers and chains and pressing buttons and talking British really fast. And the music gets really swelling and, you know, important. And then somehow he, like, decided that he beat the bad guy and he says a little catchphrase and the bad guy just blows up. And <laughs> I have no clue what just happened. And that's, like, every well, episode I've ever seen. Well, you know... When when you watch a Sherlock Sherlock Holmes thing, do you just think he runs around and then eventually he's you you know stuff happens throughout the episode, right? But I, apparently I'm not picking up on it. You know, like with Sherlock well, Holmes, I mean, it's yeah. rooted in like real life. He's like, oh yes, I noticed this knife was missing from the knife block, and there, da, da, da. and then it's like with Doctor Doctor Who, he's saying words that don't exist in our world. He's like, yeah. oh well, the glurb glops. From dimension versus the polarity. Yeah. It, again, um, I know it's a good yeah. show. It's just for me, that is always the part that I don't understand. Well, just because it's my favorite show doesn't make it a good show. It hasn't <laughs> been good in a number of years. Okay. Um but it but it is but you know, David Tennant comes back here on November twenty third, eleven days. Can't and wait. uh Neil Pat Neil Patrick Harris is gonna be in it and uh Is he a doctor? Some, someone named No, he's gonna be like a big villain. And actually it's funny that we're talking about this because I actually think he's gonna be similar to this like nightmare thing. He's called the Celestial Toy Maker. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> and um and I'm pretty sure he can like kind of trap people in like you know, nightmare toy, such I don't know. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but it's something similar. So when I was reading this, I was like, oh, that I think that's what the Doctor Who issue is kind of going to be episode. Nice. Anyway, are you going to watch it? I, I might. What, wow. what's, what's What's streaming is it on? Do I need like the British thing? You need a VPN so you can go to BBC iPlayer and pretend like you are from the UK, which is free if you're in the UK. Alyssa might know how to do that. I'll ask her. Do you have a VPN? I don't know. Then you probably don't. I'm so bad. (laughs) She might have one, though. Well, I I think I have one that you can that you can borrow. Yeah, I'm sure it's also probably on like some sites that are free but are gonna give me a virus it probably is yeah but yeah that's how i'm watching the colts game right now oh for real (laughs) i've just got a i've got an antenna with just like the local stations because all i ever watch on tv is sports uh um where were we dude a little side yeah my bad (laughs) adhd'd hard um so yeah, he he Doctor Strange defeats Nightmare and he says he overpowered and banished him, so he's gone for now. Um I like that they leave the door open in case they want to use him ever again. They can just okay, say he came that, back. That that's what I was I was kind of I was hoping that we would see more of him in this in this run that we're doing, but I was also thinking that this is potentially just like setting up for a Doctor Strange storyline. You know, like Nightmare might come back, but it's not going to be with Spider-Man. It's going to be with Doctor Strange, yeah. I'm guessing. I think they're just keeping their options open, which is smart. Yeah. Um, And Peter is... So Peter wakes up, and he's alarmed, and he starts asking Strange how he knows him. And Strange says, you've been here before, but I cast a memory spell on you, so you might not... You, you might be having a sense of deja vu. And Peter freaks out and jumps out the window. And Doctor Strange remarks that Peter left his mask. And uh, he and Wong start talking about how they should probably fix that window. And when Peter gets back home, he's still being haunted by his memories of the nightmares he experienced. And he remembers seeing Aunt May dead and Mary Jane dressed as Electra, saying he's going to kill her. And we hear it's raining and it's night and it's dark and he's like in the fetal position in his basement. And we hear a knock at the cellar door and someone calls Peter's name. And Mary Jane is outside and says, Peter, it's Mary. Sweetie, it's me. I'm alone. And she's standing out there in the rain, dressed up nice, but Peter never moves to get up or let her in. And instead, he just relives his nightmare of her telling him that he's going to get her killed. And Mary Jane just stands out in the rain, sadly, and just says to herself but tonight was supposed to be our fancy date sad so sad i'll tell you what nightmare as a villain was pretty villainous yes i think you know like as far as powers go you know that psychological torment is <laughs> It's pretty bad. That's worse than just getting like punched up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Because, again, your spider powers don't do anything. Basically, when you're fighting Nightmare, all you can do is just wait for like Doctor Strange or someone with like a mental power to come help you. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I, it does make me wonder. So if Peter never showed up, uh, eventually, what we Wong probably would have saved Doctor Strange, and none of this would have happened, or uh, you know, well, he knocked Wong out. So if Peter never showed up, oh yeah, because he broke the window, and then the rain woke Strange up. Is that what you're saying? So Peter, so Strange was under the spell, like the nightmare thing. Yeah, Wong was trying to wake him up. Yep. Peter jumped in, thinking that they were fighting, and knocked Wong out. And then the nightmare like jumped to Peter from Strange. Yeah, seems like that's what happened. So you're saying so if, would so Strange if Peter have... never got there, would Strange have just been like toast, or would Wong have been able to save him? Probably Wong. I would think have saved Wong him would have saved him, or he would have. So Peter, so Peter jumped in, not knowing what's going on, and screwed everything up again, which he just told. MJ, he was going to try not to do anymore. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, I feel confident getting into this situation because Captain America's on that side. And then literally the same day, he's like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to jump in. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice that. If he hadn't have done that, they would be on their date right now having a great time, and Doctor Strange still would have gotten saved. Yeah. Yeah, and Peter wouldn't have all of this, like, trauma that he has to work through. Yeah. Oh, he was, like, already messed up about Gwen dying. And he's like, oh, what should I do? I'll go Spider-Man around. That'll clear my head. And and then he gets wrapped up in all this. Uh, Poor guy. So what's, what, yeah, I know. I was thinking that, like, man, he's really having a hard go of it. He never has an can, easy go of it. Can we just get some fun episodes? Some fun issues? Yeah. Maybe he like, I don't know. Maybe he beats up Magneto or something. <laughs> I love how we were the ones a while ago that was like, Gwen's death should matter. It should mean something. Okay. This guy needs to suffer for a while. He needs to not be <laughs> Spider-Man. And now we're already Dude. like, give us some fun shit again i i i knew yesterday when i was reading these i knew that you were gonna say something like that because i was like he needs to take but dude it's been so long at this point it's been like a month (laughs) like like a month you gotta you you know you gotta get over it (laughs) no just kidding he they've all been good but i i wouldn't have minded seeing peter and mj actually go out on their nice day right I, that was kind of cute when how that started. You want to root for these crazy kids to make it. <laughs> and just with so what's, every passing yeah. Spider-Man nonsense, it's looking more and more like they won't. It is. Um, so what's the ratings, rating system here? Oh, yeah. Um, I said uh, 6 out of 10 dates ruined by superhero nonsense. <laughs> That's really good. And that's not because I don't like this story overall. I think the first issue did a lot of the heavy lifting of like building up the suspense and stuff. And then I, you know, obviously I'm, it just makes me sad that he blew off her date and left her standing in the rain, but then he didn't blow it off. That's exactly what he did. No, he was like trapped in a, in a never ending nightmare. No, he was out of he it. Rescued. At but he got point. rescued and just ran straight home and has and sat there and I the way I see it is he got rescued, went straight home, and then like 
less than five minutes later, like MJ showed up. Like the date had already been passed. Oh, I thought she was going over to his house so they could leave for the date. Oh, let me look again. I see what you're saying. I don't know that it definitively says. It it doesn't. I figured that the date had already should have already happened. But but you're right. They could she could be coming over to like pick him up. Yeah. See see that's oh. why I was kind of blaming him cuz I was like dude, I like I know you just had a rough day, but get up, go Open the door for your girlfriend and just go have dinner with her, or at least explain he why you he's can't. He's going to kill her. He, Yeah, he thinks that because a nightmare told him. A nightmare also <laughs> told him the Green Goblin was going to marry Aunt May. You don't see him worrying about that. <laughs> that's that's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But <laughs> anything that happened, you could just, like, look at <laughs> that and be like, that's right, it was just a dream. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it really, it felt like a lot of this issue was explaining the metaphysics of like how the dream state works and what Dr. Strange has to do whenever he meditates. And, and then it just, it, it's stuff that doesn't make sense. And then the re- resolution is stuff that also doesn't make sense. It's just hand magic. So that was hard yeah, for I me. I, I would have liked to have seen the just one more page of like whatever dr strange did to nightmare you know just like give me an image of nightmare getting hit by something and like disappearing like it's not that hard to but it seemed like that ended pretty quickly especially for how like i know i said like competent but like he seemed like a real threat that was like totally in control of like and then he was just like gone. So, so I'm gonna deduct a point for that. But I really like this one also. So I'm gonna give this one a nine out of ten. Nice uh, dates screwed up by superhero nonsense. Yeah, I thought both of these were really, really good. That's why I don't, you know, I don't really uh, care that it's a lot of writing and a lot of reading if they're. If it's good. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it takes forever to do. I am looking back now as we talk on some of these panels of Doctor Strange fighting Nightmare. And I think maybe I didn't give it enough credit for how cool this art is. Because, I mean, it, it's like a, you know, it it's a metaphorical battle. It's not literally what's happening. It's kind of gives Bagley free reign to just draw whatever the coolest thing he can imagine is. And he delivers. Yeah. Well, some good ones. You didn't think so, but I did. I liked the arc overall. I just think the first issue was a lot better than the second one. Yeah. Um. Uh, you got anything else on them? I don't. So uh, next week we're going to be in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issues 72 and 73. What are you want to give us a tease? Hobgoblin. Oh, that's right. I saw that. That's what it's called. Oh my gosh. If one of Peter's friends turns into Hobgoblin after all this stuff he's going through, I mean, he's just going to die. Like he needs a, he needs a break. He needs something good to come his way. Yeah. Yeah. He needs like a little team up with Iron Man. (laughs) That would be, that'd be (laughs) fun. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, this is actually, it's going to be, it says part one and two of six. So I think this is like our next oh, three episodes. Okay. It's Hobgoblin stuff. Nice. Okay, well, what else do we have? I feel like uh, I feel like we might have a couple extra little somethings to talk about today. Ooh, I've got something. Okay, go on. You'd be so proud of me. I, I watched I already know. all of Gen V since the, we, yes. the last time we recorded. What did you think of it? Dude, I think I might like it better than The Boys. The only thing... It's I, really good. I didn't love the ending a super lot because I liked Kate as a character like up till that point and then she kind of gets character assassinated by the end and it's like it's gonna yeah. be hard to yeah she really like goes off the deep well i guess spoilers for the boys here for gen v yeah you know um but yeah she kind of goes off the deep end there in the last issue yeah it's gonna be hard to recreate the character dynamics that i liked from season one when they do season two because like there's no way any of them are are messing with her anymore Oh no! I think, I think there is like a chance that her and Sam are going to get put into the seven. Yeah, for because don't they need like three people for the seven? Well, I could see them being cynical enough. Uh, spoilers: she, her powers. It doesn't seem like it's just regular touch. It's like touch from her hands, like. Yeah, and, and she she got, lost a hand. One. <laughs> I could see them being cynical enough to say, "Yeah, we're gonna like use them for our story for like that college." Like, oh yeah, they saved Godolkin University, but they're not actually planning on using her yeah, moving forward. Yeah, that's true. And I also don't yeah, see them true. wanting to deal with, um, you know, Sam because. Okay, so I actually I was reading this. Um... I was reading this theory that Sam could maybe be the new Black Noir because she like turned off his emotions or something. Oh yeah. And uh there are parallels there. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would say it's more likely that maybe he is in the 7 versus versus her. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was pretty good seeing homelander show up man he caused he he causes anxiety just whenever he's on screen oh yeah yeah and i'm interested to find out how marie survived that yeah there's just a lot of interesting she's just stuff strong enough that she can i don't know like some people can just you know. she's built different yeah she's just built different <laughs> um I don't know. There's just a lot like still left for them to mine and explore. And it's, I think it's one of the few like spinoff shows that probably is going to make the boys better. Um, Definitely. I like, I don't, I, I don't even think the point of Gen V is that it's like a school show. Like, I think the school is just where it happens to be set. I feel like the whole like um, thesis for the boys is in this world, superheroes make life worse for regular people. And then the whole thesis for Gen V is, but also the superheroes are oftentimes like victims themselves of Vought. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you need that like counterbalance, you know, to re yeah. really just reaffirm that like the corporation is the bad guy in this universe. Yeah, exactly. Not and not also the superheroes or the people, and also probably our universe. Yeah, 
And then, gosh, I'm just trying to think. I yeah, I just can't wait for the boys to come back. Yeah, because um, now Victoria Newman has like the virus, and yeah, like what's going to happen with that? There's just so many interesting routes they yeah. can take. Yeah, unfortunately, it takes forever for shows to come back on nowadays. It's like two years in between seasons. But when is the boys coming back? I don't. I I don't even think it's. It's like set yet. Oh, Let's for see. real? Boys season four. I must be yeah, dumb. I, I, I kind of thought it was coming think. soon. No. Oh, well, that's no. a shame. I know. Too long. Yeah. Shows used to come back every year. Do you think that's because of streaming or do you think it's like, what is that? I think it's because now in like shows they usually have like bigger actors and those actors want to do like other things yeah i don't think carl urban cares about the boys like that much to where he will not take other roles because of it i think he just sees it as like which is fine this isn't a bad thing right he just sees it as like yeah, it's just like his role. That's a job. And yeah, it's a job, but I don't want to lose out on other jobs because so, you know, they have to now they film around their schedule instead of like making the schedule. Yeah, I can see that. Of. That makes sense. I always had that sense for um, Andrew Lincoln in The Walking Dead. Like it seemed like he was the least excited person on that show to be on that show for years and years and years but he's like the main star the main guy the main character and uh you know i I, that's why i was so mad when they killed off carl because i was like you've been building him up to be the new leader and clearly andrew lincoln is like not gonna stick around very much longer so now what are you gonna do and like a year later he left uh I never have watched one episode of that show. Yeah, I could see your face just glazing over while I was saying that, and I was no, like, "No, oh. uh, but I, but I, but I can still appreciate what you were saying." Yeah, but um, who's Carl? His Carl's son. His son, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I saw all the memes. I remember <laughs> it was so dumb. They like they made the whole show could kind of be seen as like, oh, this is the development of Carl. We're raising Carl to be like, you know, the man of the house. He's, he's going to take over the group when his dad dies. It's like a coming of age story kind of. And in the comics, that's exactly what happens is eventually Rick is, he's like the main character. And then eventually he dies and Carl takes over the group. And they basically, they screwed over the actor so bad. Chandler Riggs, they told him, yeah, we have big plans for you. You're going to be like our guy. Like the next seven years of this show is planned around you. And he's like, okay, awesome. I'm going to not go to college next year. I'm going to like, you know, delay my enrollment in college. I'm going to buy my family a house in Atlanta so that I'm nearby where we film. And I'm going to, you know, plan my life accordingly. And he was like 17 years old and they killed him off because you have to like pay an adult actor more than you pay a child actor. And there was some, and they they were just like, 
oh, we're not going to deal like with him now. 18 or something? Yes. Oh my gosh, dude. These freaking movie studios, TV studios. They did oh, him so dirty. That is. That's bad. Yeah. Anyways. Um, the man. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I, I got a couple other things what do you to got? talk about. I'm so glad you watched Gen V. Yes. Um, so my sister and I went out and saw the Marvels last night. Yeah, how was that? Are you are you interested in that at all? Are you, I'm going to see it. Do you care it. about the MCU and everything that's... Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. Um, I thought it was it was pretty good. It was, like, fun. There were some parts that were silly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was... It was as good as all of the other trash the MCU's putting out these days. <laughs> That's about what I was expecting. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's as good as like Quantumania and Wakanda Forever, and it's probably better than Love and Thunder Dude. because although I love Thor, that I thought that movie was just good. How can you um, say Quantumania and uh, Wakanda Forever in the same breath, like? They're, they're they're all they're even they're in the, all same. the same. They are no, Quantum Mania was bad, bad. Dude, I just rewatched it the other day. Why? I don't. I don't actually think it. I mean, it's not. It's not good, but you can have. But it is fun in the same way that the Marvels are fun, and like Jonathan Majors is awesome in it, and it's pretty silly when all the ants come back. <laughs> and attack him at the end but but i don't know and wakanda forever yeah it was it was fine you know yeah i just maybe, don't maybe maybe you're maybe you're getting a little um maybe you're you're skewed on wakanda forever because we all want to love it so much because it's like chadwick boseman and and everything and you know no i mean i'm not I don't think it was like the end all be all of like, oh, the MCU's back, baby. Like a lot of people were saying, oh, this is like an Oscar nominee worthy movie. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's it's fine. They tried their best without you know, in a hard situation, but it's yeah. just a fine movie. But Quantumania, I don't remember enjoying a second of. <laughs> well, do you want some spoilers for Miss Marvels or the Marvels? Do you care enough that that you want me to tell you what happens, like um, in parts of it, like the post credit scenes and whatnot? I do. I I I don't want to spoil too much of it, but tell me this: Is there like any X Men stuff? I know people were saying there might be. That, that, there, there's a post credit scene. That's the only part. That's the part that I was gonna like tell you about what okay what is that okay so i have to spoil it i have to spoil parts of, like one one part of it all right you know. listeners plug your ears okay well we kind of already spoiled it with the x-men but so monica Mer, monica rambo or marie rambo whichever one the daughter is monica monica she gets trapped like in another universe at the end of it and she like wakes up and the doctor comes walking in and it's like beast and like beast form interesting like kelsey grammer like, or blah, blah 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 no no not kelsey grammer that would be awesome. nicholas holt 
Not even Nicholas Holtz, I don't think. It's just like a different. It's just it's just like a beast in beast form. They found a know. third guy. You're just like, oh, it's beast. You know, I don't think it's it's anyone that we've seen before. That's interesting because I thought there was some rule that they in- couldn't recast them. Okay, now now that I said that, I I remember that also. It's like a certain amount of time. Yeah. Before, but um, so I don't know. Maybe it's like Nicholas Holt, and and he's just in beast form, so I didn't like fully recognize him. Maybe no one um, cares enough about Beast to exactly, police it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then in the other universe, her mom is like the Captain Marvel, but she doesn't know who she is. She didn't have any kids, I guess. Gotcha. So anyway, so that's that's the only X Men stuff. Well, that's good. I didn't actually want it to be like a big X Men heavy thing. I want the MCU to leave X Men the hell alone because they're about to what? they're about to ruin the comics. Basically, they're killing off the best era of X-Men of my lifetime because they have to create comics that are more recognizable to general audiences for when they start doing the MCU stuff. Hmm. So they're just Deadpool and Wolverine are going to come back. Yeah, I don't care about that as much as I care about Krakoa lasting. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. So, yeah. Um, okay, I got one more thing All right, what's up? to talk about. Uh, do you know the movie or the comic graphic novel run V for Vendetta? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, did you know that last week, last Sunday, was the 5th of November? I did. That's actually my nephew's birthday that I'm going you, to celebrate you and today. Your nephew, you and your nephew should watch V for Vendetta every year on his birthday. He's a toddler, so it might wait a little bit, but... I would be down for that eventually. That is such a good movie. It is. It's insane. It's just so good. I've been meaning to, there's like a comic book store near the school and I've been meaning to stop in during one of my preps and see if they have like the graphic novel run of that. Yeah, It's Alan Moore. Cause it's I just one graphic novel. I know. I know it's, it's, it's Alan Moore and I'm pretty sure it's also, Alan Moore like notoriously like hates every like movie or TV show that's ever done of any of his like comics. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't hate this one. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like it's like I think it's like the only one. So that's how you know it's good. I remember like famously the Justice League cartoon adapted one of his stories and he was like, "Yeah, that was kind of good." He liked a, a children's really? cartoon version better than like you know these big budget movies. I'm trying to I'm trying to see Al, Alan Moore and V for Vendetta, but I'm I'm pretty sure he, uh, you know, I mean it's such a good one. How could you not like Natalie it? Portman's in it? <laughs> yeah, she is. She's great. No movie and with Mr. Natalie Portman Smith. can be that bad. That's like that's the saving grace for Thor: Love and Thunder. When you were acting like that's worse than Quantumania. It's at least got <laughs> Natalie Portman in it. You can't say that about Quantumania. That's true. The only good things about Thor Love and Thunder are the the actors who play the characters in the movie. Yes. Have you seen, this cracked me up, you know the end scene of it where it's like him and his new adopted daughter grab their hammers yeah. and like go outside. Someone yep. said that looks like a PlayStation commercial. <laughs> <laughs> If you go back and watch the scene, you'll look, you'll laugh at that because it 
there's no other you can't unsee it once you see it yeah yeah we we watched captain marvel yesterday before we went and saw the movie and the scenes of colson because they de-age they de-age samuel jackson and the actor who plays colson for that movie and samuel jackson you can tell like that's where the the bulk of the the money went (laughs) and the scenes with colson where he's just like standing there talking that's that's what they look like also it's like this is a cut scene from a video game (laughs) like this character talking um so it's pretty funny. weird stuff's been happening down by the docks you should go and check that out here take this key it might help you (laughs) all right we got anything Um, else i don't think so i don't think that we do all right you want to take us out yep Thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for the uh, artwork and for being our correspondents on the ground. And thank you, thank you to all of you guys for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can find us the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can come chat with us on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at first read Spidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube. First read ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week. See ya.